You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Well, welcome to Ask Anything Marriage and Family. This is one of the most exciting series, or has become, I think, one of the most exciting series here at CTK. And it's one where people can ask anything. And uh, they usually put us on the spot, but we're going to do this one a little bit different. And I'm very, very glad to not be the only one up here this time, but to have my wife with me. My beautiful wife, Janelle, is here with me. Amen. Thank you. And we are uh, doing this uh, edition here on a Wednesday night in front of CTK. And we have some awesome friends that are with us. And I'm so glad... Uh, that they are here. Tonight's focus uh, is going to be more specific on marriage. If you are not married and you're either here or you're listening to this, this is still for you. Because as we will see later, that marriage is the foundation for all relationships. And so difficulties that we have in marriage, uh, if, if we don't deal with those in marriage, they become difficulties outside of marriage. And so most of our biggest issues in life... Um, we can, if we have good and strong and healthy marriages, we're going to address those later on as well. So I'm glad to have our friends with us, and I want my wife just to introduce them real quick to you, and then we're going to hear from them. Yes. Well, we are so thankful that these couples have agreed to join us tonight. And um, so I'm just going to introduce them and just read a little bit about them. Um, we have uh, brother and sister Charles and Christy Cox, and um, I'm just going to read the bio you guys gave me. So, Charles and Christy have been married over 15 years. On uh, They got married on July 24th, 2004, after meeting through friends at a general conference. Theirs was the second wedding to take place in this building, right? Right here, right here in this room, in this, right? Yeah, in this That's building. Awesome. That's very cool. So Christy was previously married for almost four years when she was widowed due to illness at the age of 24 with a 10-month-old daughter, Courtney. She was a single parent for eight years before she met and married Charles. Charles was previously married for 20 years before their marriage ended in divorce. Um, So we're just, we're very thankful that they're here tonight and um, excited to hear from them. Amen. 15 years. Give them a great big hand. Welcome them. That's awesome. And then over here, we have Mark and Tammy Lettner. It says, we met on a blind date set up by a mutual friend in April of 1980. We were just kids as Mark was 19 at the time and I 15, but I've never doubted our meeting was God's plan. Seven months later, we married at a small country church on November 8th, 1980. That's awesome. Two short years after they were married, their precious kids began arriving. Ten months after their first child, they delivered their second son. Ten months. Wow. Same year. Same year. Wow. Two months, or two sons born within the same year, 1982. From 1982 to 1989, we filled our home with five amazing children, which is awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. The first four years of our marriage was extremely difficult as neither of us had come to know the Lord as of yet. And those were some of our most difficult years. The Lord intervened in our lives in the fall of 1986 and completely turned things around for us. 
This November 8th, 2020, we will be celebrating our 40th anniversary. Wow. 40 years. Now, if we got yes. this straight, if we heard this straight, you met at 15. Mm -hmm. You were married, married then at 15, 16, 16 years old. Yeah. And then two years later, you had our first. Your first. two kids yes. uh -huh. within yeah. the same year. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. And yes. that's 40 years. So what, what an incredible... Uh, yes. story here, yes. and I know we'll unfold that a little bit more as the night goes on. Um, yes, so I just want to um, ask them, my husband used the word vulnerable, um, and I do <laughs> want to thank them because this is a vulnerable spot to be in, and um, because it's a vulnerable spot, what made you agree to, to do this tonight, to, to stand up here and answer our questions? <laughs> Well, I just think it's important that we don't, that we help people. There's so many people in our situations that are, right. feel shame possibly right. or right. feel, yes. you know, broken. And I've, I've come to learn that we're all broken, Amen. you know, and it's just, we need to help people share our stories. Amen. Yes. So good. Yes. Um, I have to reiterate what Christy said. Um, she and I both think a lot, so you're probably going to hear about the <laughs> repetitive answer from both of us, but, uh. <laughs> Uh, I just think a lot of times uh, uh, we have the tragedies in our lives, uh, and those are related to our marriages. And I think it's best if 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 I would, I felt like I just like to try to help people, you know, Amen. just yeah. kind of point them how we got through those tragedies. Right, right, yeah, that's, awesome. That's awesome. And I think this too. Who knew forty years ago, and and when you guys were going through all the things you went through, that someday you were going to be able to stand up here. And be able to help people that, because yeah. of that. Right, amen. So you never know where your testimony is going to take you. What about you guys? What made you agree to be here tonight? Uh, well, I, I like helping people. And it's, it's, you know, when you're married, doesn't matter what year or how many years, mm -hmm. it can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. Amen. And nowadays, it seems that you almost look for a way out the day two into it. All right, yeah. You know, you can't Too live often. every day looking yeah. for a way out or, right, or, right. or always thinking divorce, I got a way out. Mm -hmm. right. You know, you, you can't live with that mentality. Right. That, That's good. You know, it's like everybody reads it every day. They don't really pay attention to it. But, you know, what looks in the mirror is larger than what it appears. That's <laughs> yeah. we can be petty and just let things eat at us, you know, and they, we make them bigger than what they are. All right. That's and, good. You know, without God in your life to, you know, make them small like they actually are. Right. Amen. You know, you can keep going. Amen. Yep. Amen. And for me, quite honestly, it's about um, giving honor to the Lord because I, even though it's been 40 years that Mark and I will be married this November, um, I know where I came from. All right. And yes. I remember where I came from. All right. I know what the Lord's did in our lives. Yes. yes. So any opportunity I have to relay that to someone else, I'm, I'm going to take it. Amen. Um, Amen. I feel like it's, it's my duty to do that. So good. We are here to give honor to God. And in the Ask Anything series, what the intent is, is twofold. One, it's that you can ask questions. There's no bad questions. And I think we all have questions. We, we wrestle with that. You didn't introduce us? Do we need to introduce us? I forgot us? to introduce us. <laughs> ah, okay, go ahead. Introduce us then. Here. We're Andrew and Janelle Romine. And we have been married on March 28th, 17 years. And yes. Happily. Happily married. And God blessed us 
almost three years ago with an amazing little boy. So Amen. Yeah. That's keeps who us we young. are if you keeps don't know young. who we are. Amen. <laughs> and I have a lot of questions. In fact, some of the questions that come across tonight, there was one that somebody put their name to, and had they not put their name on it, I would have been convinced that it was my wife that asked the question. You <laughs> may be able to guess that one later on. But we want people to be able to ask questions because it doesn't matter if you're pastor. It doesn't matter where you're at. There are going to be challenges, like you said, uh, Brother Mark. There's, there's going to be challenges. But we can go to the Word. God, God's Word gives us direction for everything. So I want to start. We'll start this because we're talking about marriage. We'll start with uh, one passage of Scripture, and that's in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, 24 and 25. Genesis chapter 2, 24 and 25. Everybody has a Bible. Everybody has access to a Bible. And um, in 17 years of marriage and ministry, we've read a few books. We've been to a few seminars, done a few things. But my go-to for marriage and relationships is Genesis chapter 2. So all the books that I would have that I would recommend, above all that, I would take you to Genesis chapter 2. And there's four principles that are given in Genesis chapter 2 that I think answer everything. So every issue, and we were discussing this today, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, every issue that we've ever had in our marriage or we will ever have in our marriage is going to be because we're not following these four principles that God gives us. In Genesis 2 and 24, he says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother... And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. There's four principles in those verses, in those two verses. The first principle is the principle or the law of priority. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father. And so there's a rearranging of priorities in his life. When the marriage unit takes place there's a realigning of priorities that God has established. So when you're married, you've got to have your priorities right. You've got to have the priorities right. The second thing is he says he will cleave unto his wife. That word cleave there denotes effort. It's not going to be an automatic, but there's going to be an effort. There, there will be an exertion. There will be work that is required for this relationship to work. And that's true in any case. This isn't just true in, in marriage. This is true in any relationship. So it's the law of work. There's got to be effort there. The third thing is the law or the principle of unity. He says, and these two shall be one flesh. God intended that you be one in mind. I loved what you said earlier. You said, um, Christy, and and your answers are going to sound a whole lot alike because you think alike. That is a testimony. Uh, I know you're individuals. I know you still retain your uniqueness and personality and all that stuff. And I'm sure you still have disagreements over you know, what food you like the best or whatever else, you know, kind of thing. But you become one flesh and you become, you become one flesh. And that starts, that, that is a testimony. So this is the law of unity. If you don't, uh, uh, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some give and take to achieve that oneness in relationship. And the final one is the law of purity. Uh, The Bible says they were naked and not ashamed. They were both bare and vulnerable but there was no impurity. There was nothing that was brought into that marriage from the outside to defile it. It was retained pure. And you have to keep your marriage relationship pure. You cannot let it get defiled. Now, these four things answer 
uh, I think every problem in marriage is going to be answered by these four things, um, no matter what the symptom is. And if you're not married, or you've been married, and you're not married anymore, if, if, if you've never been married, these things are also, this is our teacher. This is what God established in Genesis, in creation, to teach us how to deal with um, all of humanity as a whole. It starts in the home. When, it, when, a, when a boy or a son, is, a son or a daughter is born, their first portrait and picture of relationship interaction is the marriage. And when we don't get this right in the home, it's going to break down everywhere else. And so I give that as sort of the basis, the foundation for everything. The Bible answers all things. But now we want to look at some questions that have come in. And uh, I'll let you start with the questions. And I want them to answer them sort of from their testimony. And, of course, we're all Bible believers, so it's going to come out Mm -hmm. naturally. But Mm -hmm. let's go with some first questions. And if you have questions right now, you can submit those as well. Yes. So I'm just going to ask the question, and you guys just feel free to jump in, answer whoever wants to go first. So the first question that we're going to deal with is has to do with a big one, communication. Um, The question was this. I feel like when we are arguing, we are from two different planets. Why does it feel like we are speaking two different languages? Why do we have such a hard time seeing each other's perspective? How do we make them understand our side of the story? And then the sub-question was, how do you healthily resolve conflict without fighting ugly? Those are two different questions, yeah, that came in together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, personally, I think it was intentional on the Lord's part, in my humble opinion, that we are completely different. So, yes, we are from totally two different planets. <laughs> Amen. Venus and Mars. Um, but it's so we can be a blessing to one another when we learn to be a blessing to one another. Um, it, it took a little bit. I mean, Mark and I was married very, very young. I don't recommend that, y'all. Um, <laughs> but completely different circumstances, and, you know, maybe we'll get into that. But I do think it was an intentional, meant to be a blessing so we can learn from one another, we can glean from one another when you are intentional about that. Um, In regards to resolving conflict, again, that's extremely intentional. Making up your mind that you're not going to hurt the other person regardless of of how you're feeling um, and getting yourself in check, again, took us Mm -hmm. us, some Mm -hmm. years to to understand Mm -hmm. that and to learn that concept. one of the best places that I learned from is from others here in the, in the church. Um, you know, because we got married so young, I grew up seeing others and learning by their example. So, um, again, I think it was intentional on the Lord's part, meant to be a blessing to, to one another. Um, and I, just, love, I love that you're using the word intentional because obviously God created us male and female. He reestablishes that. How long did it take for you to figure that out? And, or, or was it sort of automatic or? It was definitely not automatic. Um, I was not raised in the faith by no stretch of the imagination, quite the contrary. I did not realize this concept at all until after Mark and I um, became part of the church. And then I, learning from other women, um, from Sister Bachelor, um, especially in other women in the church yeah. when we went to DuPo. Um, so it took a little bit. Mm-hmm. But once it set in, and again, it's a mindset of knowing you have to be very intentional. Um, it's not something that's going to come automatically. At least it didn't for me. Maybe for y'all, it didn't for me. 
I think to an extent, we all, you know, believe in God enough that, you know, we're almost, we're made in God's image. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are God and we change not. <laughs> you know, so that, that's where, you know, some of the disputes are, you know. Nobody, you don't want to compromise and give in, mm-hmm. you know. And when the closer you get to God, then, you know, you pray to God, you know, help me be a good husband and father. Right. So, you know, when the closer you get to God, the more of yourself is in that. So it's easier to, you know, get along and not feel like you're from two planets. Amen. Yeah, I think the communication is so important. Uh, And I think really uh, that's why young people should take the time to learn to communicate with their their fiance, their, their girlfriend or whatever. Because as, uh, I know there's, like for you guys, you worked it out and all, but there's a lot of times you really need to know that person that you're, you're dating and everything and trying to understand them. Uh, you are two different individuals. God made you separate. Uh, and so everybody's got a different perspective. And, and when you get into a relationship, you've got to honor that. They do have uh, that different pers- perspective. Uh, Christy and I, we're, we're, we're two individuals. We're... We're the eldest children in uh, our family. We both uh, used to taking the lead, and and uh, so there's yeah. times when we wow. butt heads. But, hey, all but, right. <laughs> but we're different. But uh, ultimately, I think she understands that uh, uh, she listens to my perspective, and and though sometimes it's hard, for, you know, I'm just one of those who are ready yes. to get in there. Yes. She's got to voice her her opinion, and I'm sitting there like, okay, come on, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand that that's what she has to do to. To communicate with me and 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 I'm working on that <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just add to that that you know I was the oldest child and also on my own a single parent for eight years and yeah. so yeah. used to making my own decisions right. and but you know as humans our, our nature is selfish and so I think you, we have to be intentional like you were saying Tammy to um, to really listen to the other person and to listen to their perspective and, you know, because it's easy just to, you know, roll over them and just say, no, this is the way I think this is, this is, you know, right. But when you stop and listen to the other person, I think, I think listening has a lot to do with it. And communication. Um, I was going to say a couple things. I watched my parents, you know, communicate. I, I learned well from them. Sister Dawn Greathouse, one time when I was a, a young person, she said, you know, we just decided we don't let the sun go down on our wrath. We try to work it oh. out before we, you know, go to bed. And I've, I've always, that's stuck with me. And I always, we try. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's not easy, but we always try to, you know, and, and if I feel like we've just not finished communicating something well, I just say, come on, we got to talk this out. We got we to gotta get through this. So you just keep talking. <laughs> what, um, I, you're, you're saying things like, we don't go to bed I'm putting words here, but you don't go to bed with unresolved conflict. We try not to. You try not, right. <laughs> right. I love the honesty there. I love, yes, okay. <laughs> I love the honesty there. Because the follow-up question or the other question that came in that we paired together with this was how do you resolve conflict in a healthy manner? And I think there has to be parameters, things that you do. You said it at the very beginning uh, when you were talking about divorce, that cannot be an option. And I know for my wife and I, I somebody gave us this counsel early on that the, the D word is never to be spoken. 
We have never spoken the D word. You were gonna. My parents taught me that too. So, as mad as now, they should have said nobody could. She can't say the kill word either, or, or, <laughs> or the K word, right? <laughs> no. No, she doesn't say that. She doesn't say that. <laughs> but I know there's been times where she wanted to kill me. Uh, that's normal. But divorce has never been, never been an option. So you have to resolve the conflict in a healthy way. You have to step back. And uh, I think sometimes people have a hard time with that. If it's not been modeled, especially if it's not been modeled in their life, and you had parents, we had parents. How did, can you speak about the modeling, incorporating that model, I guess, in your marriage? Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I cannot, I did not get that impression from, from my parents. Now that's no, I say that very lightly. Um, I was raised in a completely different environment. I understand, yeah. Um, I was raised on a bar stool. I was raised in divorce. I was raised by someone that that abused my mother, mm -hmm. um, so that was the environment. It was anything polar opposite of what we have here. Um, so I learned from the ladies in our church, mm -hmm. and I learned how to um, to conduct myself by the women in our church mm -hmm. and others. It it was not in a in my, our home. Was there a moment? Was there a time where you and, and Mark sat down and said, "Okay, this is how we've got to do this." You know, I've heard people say you got to fight fair. That you dealt with that after, after we became Christians. Um, the oh, sorry, the first four years um, of our marriage because we we were married so young and it was a completely different aspect than. Um, I mean, I had just turned sixteen in August. We were married in November, um, and I had been on my own for the most part two years prior to ever becoming married. So, so from the time I was fourteen, I was bebopping around from um, parent to parent or wherever. Um, and quite honestly, when Mark and I was introduced, we were set up on a blind date, been together ever since. Um, the intent of that blind date was to get me out of the the circumstance that I was in because I was. I was going down a path that was, um, quite honestly, I'm sure it would have ended my life because I was involved in drugs and alcohol and had started that when I was 11 years old. Wow. Um, so when we first got married, um, a lot of that pain and hurt had carried over, and it wasn't until after we became Christians that um, the Lord healed that mm -hmm. and allowed us to heal. All right. I mean, what he's done in our life is just... been amazing amen really has amen i'm sorry i normally don't cry in front that's of people, all right <laughs> but here i am <laughs> um and again it, it's because i remember i remember what it was like one thing that that i am convinced and i'll go to my my grave being convinced of this that the lord put in my heart and i'm, I'm sure he was very intentional about it um growing up even as a as a young young girl i remember wanting a family and wanting the closeness of the family and wanting the closeness of, of somebody that would, that would love me. And Mark's always been a constant in my life mm -hmm. from the, the first uh, blind date until, wow. until now. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing what the Lord has done. Amen. Um, yeah, it really has. And I think I just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. You guys are a miracle <laughs> yes. because, yes. I mean, let's, let, let me just highlight this. To meet 
that young and be married that young, to come from what you're saying that you came from, not knowing the Lord, uh, I mean, wow, and then having your, your children so close together so early, and you're looking at 40 years of marriage, I know you give glory to God because you, you say you couldn't have done that on your own. I think that's awesome. I think we ought to just thank God right now for that again, amen, in every way. Communication is probably one of the biggest things that we deal with um, in relationships. I think in marriage, there's some other things to go on to the next question. This first one here? Sure. Okay. Um, here was another question that was submitted. This has to do, actually, it's t two different questions within the same, I guess. <laughs> it says, why does my husband become angry if I spend money? <laughs> and then the second was, we have all the materials. Why won't my husband fix up the house? <laughs> That's the one I was convinced that you wrote. <laughs> I'll take the first part. Okay. <laughs> This is just a man's point of view when you look at money. Uh, when we got married and started having kids, I took it very serious. You know, I didn't have no trouble working yeah. 30 hours a day to put meat mm -hmm. on the table, mm -hmm. clothes on the kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look, sometimes, you know, a housewife sitting at home, you know, you don't, you don't really think about that. If you do the math, let's say, you know, if you have a garden or you got award-winning roses out in your, you know, front yard on the yeah. sidewalk, and, you know, and you cut them down, you know, the work that, you know. Right, all the effort is. All the gone. effort and yeah, time yeah, it took yeah. to get it there, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're going to have trouble getting past. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, as a breadwinner, whatever, father, husband. You try to save money and make it, you know, even to save for retirement. Now, you probably can't even save enough if you haven't started. Yeah. You know, there's always that thought, you know, you got to always have something for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. So when you want to spend money, you should actually calculate that. And it's like, how many hours does my husband have to work to pay for this? Mm -hmm. It could just be dinner. I mean, it may take a certain person 40 or yeah. two 40-hour weeks yeah. just to make a house payment. Yep. You know, and then you want to spend more time with him. Right. Well, he can't take off work and spend time with you because, you know, who's going to put money in the bank to pay all these bills? Now, finances, on, on talking on this stuff, I know that uh, for those that are familiar with Dave Ramsey, a lot of his podcast shows don't become about finances. They become about marriage and relationships because finances are such the issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so... There's probably, my assumption is, there's more going on here. You know, whoever this question was submitted by, there's more going on here. And I think it's important that the husband and the wife be on the same page in that. So if we would go back to the law of unity, um, that you guys are one flesh, um, what you're saying, what I'm taking you're saying is that when the money is spent irrationally, it's as if your wife, your life has been wasted. A portion of your life has been cut down and it's been wasted. And so I think we have to be on the same page there in that sense uh, for sure. Let me throw that to you guys because you, made, you, you were a mom, single mom of eight years. 
coming to the home. How did you guys navigate the finances, or was that a big issue for you? Well, because I was a single mom and not a lot of income, um, I spent many days crying over my finances. Oh, yes. wow. wow. <laughs> but so, yes, when we got married, it was like I was used to doing things my way. I did I. I used Quicken. I paid bills online, and he did everything with the check register, and yeah. you know the. But he's now he's he's doing this you know, online and stuff. Praise but, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yes, I was used to spending money at my discretion, not having to check in with anyone, and so that was it. It took me some time to get used to that, and I think finances are such a big issue for you know couples sometimes yeah. I think the main thing is just to communicate just to sit down and talk about it I mean right. we we sit down and talk about you know big big decisions big purchases you know things like that little things sometimes yeah we you know we both work jobs we you know take care of that without consulting one another but the bigger things it communication is so important you have anything yeah uh, finances is, is a big part of the marriage uh, uh, I think the first off is, is, like you said, the communication. Mm -hmm. uh, usually there's one partner that, that, that likes to or is better at uh, paying the bills and keeping up with the other partner. Uh, I mean, I don't know there's any right or wrong in that, but I think it's important that both of them be included in that right? and that there be a purpose and an understanding about the finances. Yeah, there may be underlying issues, like you said, but if you keep that one mm -hmm. in tune then you can, maybe the other one will, will surface or something and you can work on that. And Dave Ramsey, like you, you just uh, plugged, is an excellent, excellent Great resource, resource yeah. for that. And I will tell you this one thing, um, and, and I, this is, goes back to my first marriage, but the, I was always working, 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 what we're talking about working all the time, and I would, um, I just couldn't pay the bills. It didn't matter what it did was. I said, I just can't pay my tithes. I just don't have the money on bills. I, you know, I've got bill collectors calling me and everything. So one day I just said, Lord, I'm going to pay my tithes. Don't care if my bills get paid or what. Wow. And I did that. You know what? I have never had a, a bill collector call me since then wow. and say, hey, where's my money? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Never didn't always have any money in the bank, but I never had <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that I think is the law of priority. Yes, because the first priority in our life is is acknowledging God, and so there is a blessing in that for sure. That's and and for those of you that don't know, wow, the these stories, the tragedies, the the pitfalls that you guys, the Lord brought you out of, He's blessed you. Right. You're sitting at a place right. of blessing yes. now. Right. And uh, so God gets all the glory for that uh, in every way. Um, ask the third question, because he made reference to that a little bit. The third question is this. My husband works too much. All I get is the leftovers of his time and emotions. How do I make him see it without just looking like a needy or nagging wife? And I think this could go either way. Uh, husband or wife, uh, so, th and this is a real deal, the pressures of life. I don't know if somebody... I think it's okay to say that, that you have a need. If, if you feel like um, you need to spend more time with That's one good. another, then approach it and be honest. Don't be ugly about it, of course, um, but be honest. I don't think there's anything wrong with that in the least little yes, bit. Yes, that's great. There is a trade-off, though. Mm -hmm. 
if he's not going to be able to work, then there's going to have to be a cutback somewhere. Right, yeah. Got to be realistic about it. And being one flesh, being one mind, knowing what you're navigating together. My wife and I lived on the evangelistic field for uh, about eight years total. And, uh, but we always made those decisions together. We never made them separate. I think, too, it's just, it's, a, it's something that the longer you're married, you just, it's something you have to learn as you go. Um, you know, we weren't always good at, at that. Mm-mm. And I right. think, Absolutely. If, if I'm allowed to talk about this, when we were, talk about it. when we first, well, we got married and <laughs> oh, he's talked, he, he preaches and talks about stuff all the time. So now I got oh, the no. Mic. oh no, oh no, oh <laughs> no, cut, cut, uh. Anyways. <laughs> I love it. We got married and we evangelized for what, a year and a half? And yeah, and basically it was like an extended honeymoon. I mean, we were just traveling the country, you know, newlyweds. Well, then we went to um, be the dean of students at Indiana Bible College, and it was like literally the brakes like came to a screeching halt. Like all of our fun, our travel, everything, and all of a sudden we were we went from spending twenty four seven together to him working like sixty seventy hours a week. Um, at IBC, just the demands of the job. And, um, you know, as in... That wasn't always the job's fault. A lot of that was my fault as a new... Learning all of that. Well, feeling guilty. Learning when to say no, yes. Yeah, feeling guilty for leaving the office when there were students lined up at his door or whatever, um, or papers that needed to be graded or whatever it might be. Um, And so then I would sit at home and get mad because, you know, I had dinner ready and... He wasn't home yet, and, and you know, so I was sitting at home stewing, <laughs> angry, and he's oblivious at work. And um, so I think that's just things that, you know, you have to work through as you, you know, as you're married longer. You learn how to, how to navigate those waters and how to find a better balance, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the pressure has come from both sides. You know, mm-hmm. there's many kind of jobs that people have, husbands, wives. Mm-hmm. You know, you may drive drive thirty hour and a half. You know, back and forth to work right, and right. two seventy traffic, bumper to bumper, and getting cut off and stuff. And right. there's been times, you know, I would have got home and my wife wanted to hug. I'm like, just just give me a few minutes. A minute. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. You know, <laughs> you can't always. You know, we don't drink alcohol. You know, we don't live that lifestyle. But you know, don't even have time to stop and get an ice cream. And you know. Yeah. Change your attitude before you get home, but right. many yeah. of us, yeah. it, it's yeah. it's tough to not bring work home. Uh, that's a constant challenge, yes, I think for all of us, probably for sure, absolutely. I do have something I'd, I'd like to say, if you don't mind, because um, something that struck Please. me, um, the question mentioned having the leftovers, appreciate those leftovers, because at least you have something. Right. Um, wow. Now, that's not to diminish... Wow. The time that you need, again, be honest if you feel like you're you're being left out or something like that. But I don't know about you all. We have leftovers quite frequently, and I like them. <laughs> it means I don't have to cook again. Um, so learn to appreciate the leftovers and, wow. and understand the other party, what they may be going through, and um, realize that it's not intentional on their part or may not be intentional on their part. But um, appreciate what you are getting. And when you have five That's children incredible. that are little? Yes. 
you know, there's not much, you know, leftover. one-on-one leftovers <laughs> from either side. <laughs> and when you have, you know, we raised our kids with, we didn't really have the families that most people have now where you can, you know, let them go to the grandparents, you know, for a day or night, you know, you could, you know, go out on a date and have your own time. We didn't, we, we didn't have that. So life is, uh, our marriages go through seasons, it seems like. And so there are seasons where you don't have the luxuries of another season. And I think that's where marriage is a commitment. It's a covenant. And um, you can't just walk away because all, all I'm getting now is the leftovers or whatever. And, and seasons come and seasons go. You have to learn to navigate those seasons. Uh, sometimes you're going to have more children all at once, and you're going to have, uh, you know, that's, uh, we've been married 17 years into this month, and our son is, yeah, 14 of that was with, with just us, and when we moved here, we bought a queen-size bed because we said we are not going to be those parents. We don't need a king-size bed. And and now we re, that's we one of our that's one of our biggest regrets in life right now is not buying a king size bed. It's a season they say. I'm praying. So to add to that, Grandpa Bollinger used to say, "Love is a decision," and like you said, covenant commitment. But he said, "Love is a decision." When the when the romance the initial you know that fades, love is a decision every day. Just you know making the decision that mm-hmm. I. I chose to marry this person, and I'm committed yes. to this person. Yeah. And to put that statement in context, how many children did he have? Twelve. There you go. <laughs> right there. Not me. <laughs> All right. I want to. I want to ask this to you both, and I, I know you alluded to a little bit the drugs and stuff like that. I know you didn't get into full story and the rehabbing your house and all that stuff when you were young. Uh, tell. Give us a little bit your first house. Oh, mercy. Our first, our first house was not a house. Um, again, I was 16. He had just turned 20 when we got married. Um, we've always been on our own. Now, I say that. I know we've always had the Lord. That's obvious. Um, but we didn't have family that, that was there to back us up. So our first house was a glorified camper. Um, literally. It had absolutely no heat in it. Mind you, we got married in November. Um, so our first winter there was horrific, quite honestly. We had to use the stove for heat, um, which is not ideal. Um, how we survived, I, I guess we survived because it was so drafty that, you know, we didn't uh, get asphyxiated. Um, but many mornings we would get up and the water in the toilet would be frozen. Um, and yet we were... I mean, we were happy. We were content. I'd go back and live with him in a camper now. Um, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And we took a lot of pride in that, in that little um, wow. glorified camper. We put a That's lot of incredible. time and energy in it. Yeah, have you guys, do you remember textured paint? Yeah. They had textured really thick stuff you could roll on, and you could get a roller, and it would almost like have a bunch of hooks, Velcro paint is what it was. Mm-hmm. You could come home from work, take your socks off, and throw them at the wall, and they'll just hang there. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, so putting a little bit more context here for our stories, I want to ask both of you, was there ever a point 
when you truly did not think that you, you could make it? And what made the difference to bring you here? I know this is a vulnerable question. For us, absolutely. Um, again, and I'm sorry. I don't think I'll be able to get through this night without crying like a baby. Um, when Mark and I got married, you all know we got married young. We started having kids um, within a couple of years. You know the background that I came from. And that background, because I didn't know anything different, um, I went back to that. I actually walked out on my husband and my three little ones to go back into that lifestyle. Wow. Um, but again, as I said earlier, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord put something in my heart that was very intentional on his part. I wanted a family. I wanted a husband. I wanted kids. And that's what the Lord used to bring me to the place that I was completely broken. Um, the last binge that I had went on when I was away from my husband and away from my children, I have no doubt in the least little bit that um, should have killed me. I don't doubt that in the least little bit. I went through um, drug rehab for 30 days and was in um, mental ward for 30 days. Wow. And after getting out of the, um, the drug ward, and let me tell you, I, I never, in a, never believed that that was going to be um, my saving grace, if you will. I never believed wow. that that was going to be my help. And quite the, on, quite the contrary, even as a, as a young girl, when um, um, those would reach out to me and try to say, oh, you need counseling, you need this, you need that, I'd be like, Psh, I don't need that. Not because I didn't need it, but because I knew that was not going to heal the hurt. Wow. That wasn't going to do anything wow. for me. Um, so fortunately, I wasn't gone from my, my children or my husband for very long. I think I was um, gone for about three months and completely broken, and that's what the Lord used to, um, to draw me in. Wow. Yeah. Um, the amazing thing, when I came out of rehab, that was... Um, the end of October, I believe, it would be, goodness, 33 years ago, I believe, this October, um, came out of rehab into church, and the, and the Lord completely, completely did an amazing work. Within just a couple weeks of leaving rehab, getting in church, Mark and I was back together. Um, and, the, and the Lord touched his heart because he never threw in my face anything that I that I did or what happened wow. within that, that time frame that I was gone. And um, I've always been very thankful that my kids were so young that they don't remember that time. Mm -hmm. All they remember is being in church and being raised in church, and I'm so thankful for that. Wow. Um, it is hard sometimes talking about, you know, things back then because, um, you know, it's, it, it's hurtful. Mm -hmm. But it's under the blood. Amen. He's always left it under the blood. All He's right. never thrown anything in my face, wow, um, for which I'm thankful. Yes. I'm not sure if I answered your question. No, that's... <laughs> but the um, oh, Lord's been, he's been amazing. He's been amazing to us. Amen. Ours is uh, probably just a different, completely situation than what yours from. Uh, we both experienced uh, probably the worst tragedy right. any relationships could have. Yeah experience hers being losing a, a husband she was in the church and lost a husband had a small child at a young age and I'll let her talk speak towards that and then I was in the church and ha had been married uh, 20 years and experienced a divorce uh, it was one of the hardest things I oh, of course just like a death one of the hardest yeah. things I've ever gone through I don't 
Um, I take all the blame because I, that's, that's my responsibility as the man. Um, not to say that everything was my fault or her fault or anything like that. Um, I don't know how to, I don't justify sin, sin is sin. But um, it's, it's, it was one of those points where I just, you know, I felt like I, I had failed the Lord and failed at life, you know. It was really tough. Wow. Really yeah. tough. And, um, but I continued and I called my pastor. And of course, that's the toughest thing in the world yeah. tell your pastor yeah. you're fixing to get a divorce. Wow. Yeah. And he didn't judge me, he didn't do anything. He said, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you if I need you. Amen. Amen. And um, it was tough. Um, I, I even bear the marks in my life now uh, from, from the process. Uh, it's not something, anytime you do something, whether a sin, whether it's a, whatever it is, it's going to scar your life to some point, the rest of your life. I mean, it's going to follow you. But God has, has been kind to me, blessed me with a wonderful wife. Amen. Uh, he's, he's lifted me through it. Um, and... Um, I mean, you know, you know, there's not a whole lot you can say about that, you know. Right, yeah. It's just, just a tragedy and, yes. and uh, not something that, that I would, would want anybody to have to go through. Right, amen. But the reality is, is it does happen. You don't ever want it to happen. The last event that we have or the last episode of this, we'll have some others and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And the beautiful thing I think about your testimony is what God has done for you and how God can restore and redeem. And God loves. He loves through the pain. He loves through the failure. He loves through the disappointment. He loves through those tragedies. And so this has been uh, stirring, to say the least, I think, to many of us. I will ask you this final question, and we'll close with this. What person other than your spouse helped you the most with marriage and relationships? I know you've mentioned several times the ladies in the church. Uh, just from your perspective, or was there, or was it just your spouse? Um, I think my uh, Christy has been a, a, a godsend to me, but um, um, a lot of you guys know my dad died at early age. Uh, and my mother found out on his death she knew about it before, but he had been divorced seven times before, and she didn't even know that. Wow. Um, he was seven? Seven. Wow. And so he had, um, but he loved, he loved my mom. And, you know, um, all through my life, God has been there for me. Amen. And I have, I, even, you know, Christy's been fantastic, but, but God has just been there. Amen. He's been there. Amen. Amen. I guess my parents, you know, I, I watched them. They've been married almost 50 years, and I, I just watched them. I watched them go through heartache, you know, a lot of things, but they always made the decision that their marriage was worth saving, and they modeled that in front of us children. And, of course, I grew up in this church since second grade. My dad got out of the Air Force at Scott Air Force Base when I was in second grade, and so I've been here ever since, and, wow. yeah. and there's... All, all these ladies and all the, all the couples that have modeled 
you know, godly marriages to me. And that's, that's been... Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You had mentioned something in the office where we were talking yeah, before I, a little it, bit about... Yeah, it was a good question. You know, anything, some things that we had dealt with and gone through, you know, as just one-sided, you know, if you think your husband or wife's doing something, you know, you, from my point of view, a lot of men can't talk about it because if you love your wife... It's all right. You can't even go to your pastor because you don't want to be negative about her and change his, you know, yeah. idea or thinking you wanna, you don't about her either. You don't want to speak bad about her. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you don't, you just, it's just the grace of God. You know, it's, that's, that's who you have. And he's willing to help you through your problems if you just, you know, willing to meet him even a third of the way. Amen. Amen. Please. Yeah. Um. Obviously, our parents um, have been a huge example in our lives. When I was younger, my dad was my pastor, and um, so they, um, since my dad was my pastor, they did a very wise thing in that my dad told us one night, he said, I know that, that there's things that you're not going to want to come to mom and dad about, that you need a pastor. And so since my dad was our pastor, they established there was another couple um, Brother and Sister Phillips, they've preached here before from Cookville, Tennessee, but um, they established them as our pastor, my sisters and I. And um, so yeah. just watching them, Brother and Sister Mooney, Andrew's pastor, but not not just the, the authorities, authority figures in our lives, but our friendships. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's wise who you are friends with who you spend time in fellowship with because our friends, our closest and dearest friends are all people that challenge us to have a better marriage, a better walk with God. Um, they challenge us to be better Christians. Amen. And um, so I think that's extremely important because I have learned a lot about being a wife and a mom from my dearest and closest friends. Um, so I think that's very important too, so. I think, it, I think it is, as, you, as you're saying, and I, I'd echo the sentiments, whether it's a modeled couple of your parents. You could, if, and, and, if, and if you were not privileged to have parents, that's the beauty of the church. If you weren't privileged to have parents that modeled it properly, that's the beautiful thing about the church, is that when you come into the church, we are a part of one body. And I, I've heard people, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, I've heard people say the phrase is like, family is everything. And I understand what they're saying. I get their point and all that stuff. But when you are baptized in the body of Christ, um, your family is bigger than just your biological family. Right. What, what, is, right. what is the biology of all that? Because the, the spirit transcends biology. And I have found some of the great, some of the people that have loved me the most in my life have been family, but the family in church. But some of the people that have, prayed for me, fasted for me, come, come and, and helped, have not been blood relatives. They've been people who are in the body that God's put a burden on their heart for us. And so we are intentional about who our friendships are with, and we have mentors in our life. And then the other thing I'd say is, you're right, you, some things you only can take to the Lord in prayer. And if you don't 
You don't want to be showing up after not talking to God for a year and then bringing it to the Lord in prayer. That's why it's important that your relationship with God is so strong. And God gives us grace. God gets us through this. So, Was there anything else that, that you, you wanted to add tonight? Anything I'd else? I'd like to say one more thing that I'm just, just listening to all this is I hear a message of hope and encouragement. Amen. Restoration. Yes. And that's encouraging to me. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, may know that my mom just passed away. And uh, yes. one of the things that the Lord gave me at the end. It's all right. Amen. Was it, uh, and the, the Lord himself said, uh, the guy came, the fellow came to him and said, uh, what's the greatest of the commandments? Mm-hmm. And basically the Lord said this, there's two things. That's your relationship with one another mm-hmm. and with me. And that's what the whole, whole bottom line is. Amen. Yes. All about that. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's the sum of everything. Praise God. Amen. I think we should take a moment here and just pray. Because there is somebody that's hurting. There is somebody that has a question. There's somebody either here with us tonight or it's going to be listening to this later on. And we want the message of hope to be received. This isn't about us. And we've had fun tonight. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. This has been, this has been fun. This has been a blessing. But we don't want this just to say, oh, that was fun. We want this to be a place where people can say, hey, we can do this. We can make this as well. Can we pray together? Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for every testimony. I thank you tonight, God, not only for those that are here with us sitting on this platform, but God, I thank you for every testimony that exists. I thank you for your love that never gives up. I thank you for your hope, Lord, and your promises that are for all of us. I pray right now for everyone that is hurting, for everyone that's at an impasse, for everyone that's at a difficult situation, that we would not quit, that we would come to you. I pray right now, Lord, that we would put you as the first in our priority, God. I pray that we would fight for our marriages, that we would fight for the promises that you have given to us. And Lord, in those hard seasons, I'm praying for strength. I'm praying for blessing upon your people, God, upon the families, upon the families and the marriages right here at CTK, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray right now. And God, we give you glory and praise and thanks for everything that you've done for us.